0: Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different live events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. We are already reaching episode 36. And this podcast keeps growing, and I really hope that you're taking something out of every episode you listen to. Just in the past four episodes, there are some powerful conversations. The intention behind every interview is not digging into someone's personal life, but digging into their mental and emotional wisdom and extracting the process they've gone through to be able to apply those to our own lives in the hopes of remembering things that we might already know, but with the passage of time forgotten learning points of view to broaden ours, challenge our beliefs, or discover something new, and from there, change our stories, since the stories we tell ourselves define what we do. Stories can change how we see the world, and they also impact how we see ourselves, especially if we tell ourselves the same things over and over again the stories we tell ourselves are important and the stories we accept from others about ourselves matter as well when we hear a story enough times we end up adopting the story as truth so we believe certain things to be true about ourselves i can't remember things that's how i am i can't lose weight it's in my jeans i can't quit smoking i've tried a thousand times i can't quit my job i won't find another one I can achieve the lifelong goal, it's not for me. I have a bad temper, it runs in my family. I cannot learn languages, it's not my thing. I can't be a mother and have a leadership position, it doesn't work. In almost every circumstance, it's not you that cannot achieve the change you want to see in your life. It's the story you're telling yourself that is keeping you from achieving that you want to achieve. Too often as adults, we miss this fact or we get so used to the same stories over and over again that we forget that we get to write our own. We can design our own life. Through my own experiences and hearing other people's stories, it has always fascinated me how we create them. In almost all of them, no matter what happens, you cannot be the villain in your own story. Our life is like a movie, and in our movie, we are the heroes, not the evils so we justify, in every way possible, our actions. We always have a reason to why we do what we do and why we don't do what we don't do. And as we mature, grow, progress, we change those stories and reasons. If the event is too traumatizing or we feel too ashamed or embarrassed, our brain may forget it as a protection mechanism or we never talk about it. It's too painful or too embarrassing. But even when you forget it, or you put it aside or you hide it, it lives with you, in your mind and body. There are a lot of things we can talk about here, but today I want to focus on how to create a different future, not based solely on your past, but by understanding better how memories work and how we create our stories. Stories come from memories. We tell a story from what is stored in our brain. We can tell it with more or less details and more or less emotions and colors but there are certain things that are vividly stored in our brain we believe to be factual and true right or maybe not so right <laughs> let's look first at what is a memory memory refers to the processes that are used to acquire store retain and let or retrieve information there are three major processes involving memory encoding storage and retrieval like in a computer <laughs> And in the brain, it is a reactivation of a specific group of neurons formed from persistent changes in the strength of connection between neurons. So we have like a web activator for each memory. I'm not a neuroscientist, so I'm oversimplifying a complex process, but just so that we can get an idea. If we didn't have memories, we would just be a body, unable to communicate or identify danger like a little baby oblivious how to survive in the world around us. And we associate memory with our identity. So when one person loses memory through, for example, a devastating illness like Alzheimer's, we feel like the person we know is gone. In short, memory is crucial in transforming us from helpless newborn into capable adults and to identify who we are. We have short-term memory and long-term memory. We have explicit memories, those we can consciously recall, which can be episodic, events that happen to you, or semantic, general knowledge of the world. We also have implicit memories, those that become unconscious, and that include procedural, which involves motor skills, and priming, which are the one where a stimulus influences the response of another one with our conscious guidance. Just to give you an overview. Researchers have found that memories need to be reconsolidated every time they're accessed. This process, however, can transform and change the memory itself. The very act of remembering, it seems, can actually lead to some things being forgotten. And the fact of restoring it can change that memory. So I'm sorry to say, but this may actually mean that we are all in some things. Little liars. <laughs> Since when we recollect information of a past event, we are changing bits and pieces. This is fascinating, very, very fascinating for me, as I thought that what I remember was certainly true. Don't you feel the same way? Yet, hasn't it happened to you that when you cross-check a past event with, for example, a family member, and then the recollection is slightly different, what happens then? We either make the other person wrong, change our story yet again or believe that something happened to us differently we saw or heard or experienced something that the other person wasn't exposed to so where i'm going with this stay put in the book the memory illusion forensic psychologist and memory expert dr julia Shaw draws on the latest research to show why our memories so often play tricks on us she explores how we remember and why can someone remember things that never truly happen. She has experimented implanting false memories in some of her subjects, and as uncomfortable as that may sound, if we understand the fallibility of our memory, we can actually improve its accuracy and use it to our advantage. Salvador Dalí famously said, The difference between false memories and true ones is the same as for jewels. It's always the false ones that look the most real, the most brilliant. According to Elizabeth Loftus, a scientist who researched heavily in the area of memories, the specific or precise wording of a question dramatically changes the recall and recreation of memories which may also lead to permanent changing of existing memories and the creation of false memories. A person's information of an event is sometimes greatly influenced by a statement or a suggestion of an authority figure. This phenomenon is called misinformation effect. So, as our brains are built to forget as much as to remember, And memorizing is like working a muscle, and this added to the human ability to imagine situations means that part of the recollection of memories of past events could be false. Our memory is faulty. So that means that we may have an unreal, altered part of a past, and some of our stories might not be as accurate as we think, yet we suffer that past, or we long for it, and that influences our present and our future and our personal identity is based on our past. So if the specific or precise wording of a question dramatically changes the recall and recreation of memories, which may also lead to permanent changing of existing memories and the creation of false memories, we can use this to our advantage. And actually we use it in coaching by asking better questions which will then set your brain to dig in for information that will be more helpful and create a new perspective and maybe change your past for a better one. When we ask, what's good in this? What can I learn? How can I grow from this? What other meaning does this have? We are triggering our brain to change ever so slightly our memory and our past to make it more empowering, useful for our present and future. Now, if some past of yours is really embedded in you and is defining your identity and you think you can't change that, don't think of changing the memory, the facts. Change the emotion and the meaning attached to it, which will eventually lead to a change in the memory. Some memories are truly engraved in the body and in your energetic field. And so body and energetic work will be very beneficial. I believe in healing the body from the body and not from the mind. That's where dancing, conscious movement, energy work, body therapies can be really helpful. Connecting with nature and more on those lines. But more on that on another episode. For me, this concept that we can change our past seems powerful. And the first time I heard it, it broke my patterns. The facts are the facts. But the stories are made by us. So if stories can change how we see the world and they also impact how we see ourselves, And when we hear a story enough times, we end up adopting the story as truth. And we believe certain things to be true about ourselves. And if stories come from memories which are faulty, how about not taking your past so seriously? How about asking better retrieval questions to improve the stories we tell ourselves? So if you want to create a better future or new possibilities, Don't focus on the stories of your past. I'm not suggesting forgetting all of the past. I'm suggesting building the present based on a compelling vision and story of the future. And that can be written always from a blank page or drawn over a blank canvas. We can choose our own stories. And you have examples in some of our latest guests. Dr. Oscar Wong says that after losing his dad at an early age, he chose to feel fortunate for what he has and decided to look for the good in things, enjoy the good in things, learn to live the present moment as life constantly changes and to put his effort in enjoying the time he has been given. Caterina Tomiko, constantly questioning her emotional state and health, changed her past belief for thyroid problems are normal in Ukrainians due to the Chernobyl disaster, and she improved her health tremendously and adopted a new empowering definition of self-love. Sylvia Paul, an Olympic medalist from Costa Rica, shared that her life is not defined by the titles or Olympic medals she has won, but rather by being the best human being that she can be with all her virtues and defects. For her, All the tunes and medals would not make sense if she hadn't learned to be perseverance, discipline, and with good work ethics. Carl, again, is learning to be present, which means being at the moment that you're at. For him, when we're not present, and we're worried, frustrated or whatever, we crash the experience of being here, right here, for ourselves and for others. For him, every moment is an opportunity to aim for our fullest potential. This is the power of the stories we tell ourselves to create the future we want and the value of the present moment, which is what we really have and we should value as the greatest treasure we have. Thanks for this shared time. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you like it and find it has stories and insights that others can benefit from, share it. If you think it deserves five stars, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Huge, huge hug and kisses to you, Changemaker.